0: a day is coming when you're going to be very proud of that passport. With your eyes you will see it. That's the prophetic word and it doesn't look like it now but it will happen. If God said it, it will happen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Please uh, just remain standing as we look at the scriptures. We began um. Uh, some two Sundays ago now uh, to look at a a, a word God has placed in our heart uh, and and we've called it um, understanding the will the will and uh, the plan of God for financial prosperity understanding the will and the plan Of God for financial prosperity and so we're going to go further uh, this Sunday morning uh, by uh, looking at some of the scriptures again and then God will help us to be able to teach and preach. You know the Bible says uh, that a day came when uh, Jesus was teaching and the Bible says that the power of God to heal was present. Not only was he teaching the word but the power of God to heal was present. My prayer is that as we teach on prosperity, poverty and the spirit of poverty will be broken in our lives in the name of Jesus. It doesn't sound like most of us want poverty to die. I say as we teach the word on prosperity, the spirit of poverty will die in our lives in the name of Jesus. Chronic lack, not able to pay your bills. Not able to do what you want to do because of lack of money. It dies in the name of Jesus. A new season and a new era is here in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Psalm 66 verse 12. Psalm sixty-six verse twelve. I read from the, the, the King James version or KJV, the Old King James, as we like to call it. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Once again, help us be able to uh, declare Your counsel. Uh, we pray that Your Word will be spirit and life this Sunday morning. In Jesus' name, Amen. Psalm Psalm sixty-six verse twelve. Uh, KJV, uh, the Old King James. Thou hast caused men to ride over our heads. Uh, we went through fire and through water. I know that that may be somebody's uh, experience, but it's going to change in Jesus' name. Uh, But thou broughtest us out into a wealthy place. Amen. Uh, The New King James says you have caused men to ride over our heads. Uh, We we went through fire and through water, uh, but you brought us out to reach fulfillment. Somebody say amen. Okay, Deuteronomy 8, we read from verse 17, uh, we read 2 verses 17 and 18. Uh, then you say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand have gained me this wealth, and you shall remember Uh, then you say, verse 7 verse 17 then you say in your heart my power and the might of my hand have gained me this word meaning i did it myself Uh, and and, and, but it says and you shall remember the lord your god for it is he who gives you power uh, to get wealth uh, that he may establish that he may the reason why he gives the wealth is so that he may establish his covenant which is what to you, uh, your fathers, as it is this day. Uh, Please, if you're able to show the message uh, translation, I thought I had it here. If you're able to show the message translation from, that's Deuteronomy 8, 17. Message, message translation. Uh, Quickly, if you can show that to message translation, message, message. Okay, then you see in your heart, my my power, no, message. They don't have it. Message, MSG. It says it in a very... is there now thank you okay uh, if you start thinking to yourselves I did all this and you can put yourself there right now and all by myself I am rich it's all mine varsity varsity well think again <laughs> remember that God your God gave you the strength to produce all this wealth so as to confirm the reason why he does that is to confirm the covenant that he promised to your ancestors as it is this day finally third john 1 2 we'll sit down briefly third john 1 2 third john 1 2 i'll just go ahead and read because of time beloved i pray that you may prosper in all things Uh, beloved i pray that you may prosper in all things Uh, this is john um, uh, writing to uh, uh, well somebody in church he says beloved i pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers once again, Father, bless your word this Sunday morning. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Please be seated this Sunday morning. I believe that God has a word for you. Uh, you know, when I, sometimes when I, I, I stand here, uh, either during worship or, you know, I see the look on some of our faces. Uh, um, <laughs> just want to say this. When you're coming to church, there's an attitude you come with and it shows it should show in your body language. Okay? Except you came to church to, maybe at the end of service, to have, uh, you know, a meeting with somebody. That's not, I mean, that's why you came. But if you came to church to have an encounter, that there's 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 a way your body language should be there's a way your body language will be because like i say all the time it it, it wasn't the what was the woman with the issue of blood was not the only person who came to church that day there were so many people that came to church they were around jesus and he was carrying an incredible incredible power he was carrying a grace and anointing to to deliver to set free but i guess like like this sunday or like some sundays People come to church without an expectation. They come to church not even knowing what is possible. And my wife and I can tell you that there, a lot of the things that have happened to us in our lives have happened in church. Not, not even our own church. In the churches we've been. I, I mean, so many. But I remember, my wife is better at details. And if I say it now, she says, no, it wasn't our first child. I think it was our, our Ephraim, our second child. Okay, he's, 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 uh, you know, he's over there. He's 16 today. During worship, as as worship was going on, God clearly said to me, you know, in the church where we are then, that he was blessing us with a a son, a child. And I just turned to my wife and I said, God just said to me that he's giving us a son. He said, God just said to her the same thing. Of course, I had to do what I had to do. Somebody say hallelujah. We had to do what we had to do. You know what I'm saying? But Ephraim is 16 years old today. Because we don't come to church casually. Is somebody in in the house this Sunday morning, so, I'm going to change your attitude. Okay, if you came with an... There's a way, there's a way. There's a way you sit. There's a way you stand. There's a way you shout. There's a way you clap. Uh, some of you are still chewing gum. I, I said, there's a, can, you, can, we, can we give God a 10 second praise? I, I said, 10 second praise. If you believe that you came to God this Sunday morning, it says, unto him shall the gathering of his people be. Now, come on now. I said, 30 seconds. Who is Maria Bazaar? If you believe that the woman like the issue of blood, if only I may, if only I may touch the hem of his garment. She came with an expectation. If only, if only. And the Bible records that she held, the only place she could touch was the hem of his garment the only place she could touch and the moment she touched Jesus the flow stopped Jesus turned and said somebody touched me and the other said ah all of us in church were touching you now he said no no this touch is different and the woman said sir it's me who is that person today? who is that lady today? who is that man today? who is that brother today? Shout hallelujah. Praise God. It is with joy we draw out of the words. You you deliberately fix your attitude. You don't come to church and waste your one or two two hours in church. No. You come with a mind to have an encounter. And it shall be unto you as you have expected in Jesus' name. Amen. Now be seated. Praise God. God bless you. Praise God. So very quickly we're going to lay certain foundations. You see this, this thing has taken some of my time now. You guys are the ones that cost it, but I'm going to go ahead. Praise God. I'm going to quickly lay certain foundations because of the nature of our teaching on, on finances, especially in church. we have had people who have said over the years in our church, why, why are you teaching about money in church? And I say, where should you teach about money? Because money is one thing that affects you every day. As we leave church now, it will affect you. As we go from Monday, it affects you. It's one thing that gets into our lives. So, Martin Luther, uh, the the head of the uh, the reformation movement, he says a church that doesn't teach, now this is 500 years ago, he said a church that doesn't teach on what affects people every day shouldn't exist. I'm talking about 500 years ago. Martin Luther, I mean, if there's anybody spiritual, he is number one reformer. You can go, and, I didn't make it up, you can go, I wish I can quote it exactly like he said it. But he it. he says, money has a way of affecting everyday. So if we don't, if we don't teach it, who will teach it? Most of us don't know this, but over half of the teachings of Jobs have direct or di- indirect teachings on money praise God but let's lay some important foundations I said that we're, we're, we create a balance even as we do what God has done with us if you're writing please write this down I'll try and stay here and deal with this foundation so I can I can I can finish my message this Sunday the first thing is this laying a certain foundations and preparing us as we go further in this, in this series the first thing is this your relationship with God must not be transactional your relationship with God must not be be transactional our relationship with God must not be transactional what what, what does that mean what does that mean Uh, meaning that we don't come to God for what God can do for us don't we don't come to God the primary reason why you go to God should not be because of what God can do for you Meaning that the only reason I am born again, the only reason why I come to church, the only reason why I pray is because there are things that God can do for us. Now, let me be honest with you, especially in the last 30 years in our country, because of the, of the financial problems in our country, the church has made it look like um, you come to God, He will solve your problems. That is wrong. That is wrong. Your relationship with God must not be transactional. And that's why, for example, if the reason why you go to God is, for example, you're trusting God for husband. If that's the main reason why you come to God, when you have a husband, many times you don't go to God anymore. If you're trusting God for healing or health, or trusting God for, for, for maybe money, and that happens a lot because the basis of your coming to Him is so that He can give you something. Once you get that thing, The basis for why you were going to Him, once it's ended, then you don't go to Him anymore. But I want to say to you that God is too big for you to just relate to Him only on the basis of what He can give to you. God is not. Somebody say God is not. God is not an ATM machine. It's not a vending machine. Is that okay? God is not an ATM. So if you're here this Sunday morning and those of you who are at home, I want to please challenge you. Let it be that you go to God. Let me, let me, let me try and explain um, uh, first why we must be able to come to God. Now some of us who got born again, I got born again in 1987 um, in the university. Yeah, and a number of us who got born again in that generation, we didn't go to God for what God can do for us or stay with pastor this Sunday morning. And by the way, let me just say this. uh, This also affects every other relationship you're in. Don't be in a relationship only for what you can get from it you're not a parasite no matter who that other person is don't be in a relationship for only what you that's it's actually extremely selfish for for example getting into a marriage because the man is rich that's the wrong reason to marry or for what you can get from the woman as a matter of fact you should be in a relationship because you want to give to the relationship there's somebody here this sunday morning okay so let me, like I said, I'm going to try and, and stay with my notes. Uh, so, so you, know, um, you know, sometimes you say, Lord, if you do not bless me, I will backslide. Because that's the only reason why you went. I've heard people say that. You don't bless me. You don't give me a husband now. And, and you know, that's also the reason why a lot of people move from church to church. Because their relationship with God is transactional. So if they come to a TOG and they don't get the husband in six months, they say there's no power there, they go to dynamis. If the are dynamis for two years, it doesn't happen, they go to living Faith. The question is, something is wrong there. And let me say this for as long as you are following God for what you can get, you will never find him anywhere. Because it is actually coming out of our sonship, out of our maturity, that God can give an inheritance. I wish that was my message this Sunday morning. Did you hear what I said? God does not give children. You know, I mean, we all have children, young. When our children were younger, and some of them are older now, but they are still doing it. All all, All they are doing is, Father, Daddy, give me. Mommy, give me. Daddy, give me. That's not, a father wants a son who will say, what can I do for you, Daddy? Mommy, what can I do for you today? Now, when a child gets to that point, the father can give their S class to the child. Because the child has matured. Now the father can say, I can entrust this child. May we grow up in the name of Jesus. Can you say my relationship with God? it will not be transactional. Now, but listen to me. I also want to assure you that your relationship with God will definitely come with benefits. It is automatic. There's no way you can be a friend of God and He will not bless you. Your relationship with God is friendship with benefits. Somebody say friendship with benefits. Okay, but He says in, in Matthew 6, I, I wish you can even read all of that from verse 25. It says he, know, he knows that you have need of these things. He says he does. So he's not, 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 not aware that your rent is due. He's not aware that your school fees is due and all of that. He knows all of that. But what does he say? He says, seek first my kingdom and my righteousness. And what will happen? All these things you're looking for will be added to you. So, so we need to prioritize a relationship with God we need to say Lord I put you first I put your desire first I put your kingdom first for example if you've been coming to church for any length of time you say Lord how can I serve you in your house how can I serve you in your house it's not that you come in every Sunday they are, they are serving you, ushers will serve you uh, tabernacle of David will serve you pastor will serve you, who are you serving who are you serving those are things that God is looking at I wish I had the time to, to really, Revelation 4.17, we are created for His pleasure. I mean, because of time, just, you know, maybe you need to write, write, write that down. Maybe we can look at it, Revelation four. Uh, is that 4.17 now? 4.17, I think. No, 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 not Four four 4.11, 4.11, thank you. 4.11, you are worthy, O Lord, this is Revelation 4.11, you are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For what? You created all things. And by your will, they exist and were created. God created us for his pleasure. God created eh? Okay, okay. Show, show the old King James. Uh, the, the, the KJV. KJV, same for 11. Old King James, four 411. Thou are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things. And for thy pleasure. Can you see that? For whose pleasure? They are and were what? So, so we were created by God for his pleasure. So you must constantly see yourself, Lord, how am I giving you pleasure? Lord, you created me to, to please you. Praise God. So it's important that we lay some of those foundations. Uh, very important. I believe Acts 17, 28. Acts 17, 28. Don't, don't show it. It's said it is in him we live. It is in him we move. It is in him we have our being. So it's important that we get, God knows that you need these things. Amen. But he said, first relate to him properly. Husband, don't relate to your wife for only what your wife can do for you. Wife, don't relate to your husband for only what you can get from him. In fact, our relationship with God must be born out of love. God loves us, so we must love him back. Hallelujah. He said we love him because he first loved us. How many of us love God this Sunday morning? Come on and just wave, wave to him if you love God this Sunday morning. Let's really wave unto Him this morning if you really love God. Come on, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hear me, we must get to a place where we say, Lord, even if you don't do anything for me, I will still worship you. Even if you don't give me that husband, I will still serve you. Even if you don't give me that money, I will still serve you. Hallelujah, that must be our mindset, praise God. Once you get to that place, then God feels comfortable to entrust you with the things you're trusting God for. Somebody say hallelujah. Number two, so the first thing is that our relationship with God we must not be transactional. Number two, we must also place, write this down, we must also place money where it belongs. We must place money where it belongs. We must place money where it belongs. So as much as we're teaching on it, and I'm going to try and explain in a few moments why we're teaching on it, but we must put money in its place. Money is supposed to be a tool. It's supposed to be something God empowers us for, for, for something. We said we actually thought I was going to do that today, but we can't. But uh, you know, we said next Sunday, by God's grace, we're going to look at um, money with a mission. Why would God give you 10 billion? Why would God give you 10 million? Why would God give you 500 million? Why would God give you that job that suddenly makes you uh, a very wealthy person? Why would God do that? There's a reason why God empowers, okay? We're going to look at that uh, closely uh, by God's grace next Sunday. But it's important that we put money in his in place. Remember the Bible says that a man's life does not consist, a man's life does not consist in the abundance of the things that he owns. Are we here this Sunday morning. Now when you look at God's perspective from how God looks at us, God doesn't think, I mean, on the earth here, you may say, I'm a dangote, I'm, uh, you know, I'm a this, I'm a that. But when God looks at you, God doesn't look at you because of the money you have. Be a peace that God looks at in your life that has more value for God. Everybody may be saying, wow, he's doing well, he's rich. But he said, in fact, these are the words of Jesus himself. I wish we had the time. In fact, when he began to say that, was that somebody had come to him and said, and said, Lord, telling Jesus now, he said, divide inheritance between me and my brother. And Jesus said to him, Beware of covetousness. Is somebody here? Beware of what? Covetousness. Covetousness is an, an unbridled, unbridled lust for money. I mean, like I said last Sunday, you can do any, you can kill for money. Um, I, you know, I won't mention any church, but I remember uh, many years ago when I was in legal practice. There's a, you know, there's a particular church, because of the emphasis on money, if you, as a lawyer or, you know, real estate or whatever you do, if you enter into a transaction with people from that church, eh, you, you would think it's a, a, a do or die thing. They can kill you for money. Because what they teach there is, in that church, if you're not prospering, something is wrong so and what he does is he pushes the people there to get money i mean two christians are in the transaction and they will cheat you that's not what should happen if you have to cheat you have to kill to get money it's no longer god that is blessing you god doesn't need to use evil to bless you it's too big for that somebody say hallelujah somebody say hallelujah okay so a man's life does not consist in the value of your life God doesn't measure it by how much money you have in the account. In fact, he goes on to say uh, that if he can't trust you with with money. my money is, is money, or the spirit of money. He says, he says that, he said, who will not trust you with the true riches? Somebody say true riches. That means that in God's scale, in God's scale, money is one of the lowest things God can bless you with. If somebody in church is Sunday morning, in God's scale, now in your mind say, Pastor, Forget this thing. Make I blue first. Somebody say hallelujah. But but in the heart of God, in fact, God says that if you can't can be entrusted with, with money, He says, who will give you the true riches? You say, Pastor, what are the true riches? The true riches are the things that are eternal. Somebody say hallelujah. The things that don't perish. Money perishes by its using. Now, no matter how nice the car you have, give it two years it begins to wear out. No matter, I mean, we, we, we moved into our house some three years ago. I mean, when I look at that house, I say, wow. I mean, all of this and I was shaking us. Because everything that is on the surface of it, we, we reduce in value. But there are things that are eternal. Somebody say, hallelujah. I said there are things that are eternal. In fact, there are things that I appreciate and the eternal things I appreciate. Somebody say, hallelujah. How much value can you put for the, to the joy of salvation? There are things that God considers as true riches for me one of the greatest is 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 grace somebody say grace grace the grace of god is the highest currency in the kingdom if somebody this sunday morning i said the grace of god can do for you what money cannot do oh my god has anybody ever experienced the grace of god the grace of god can heal you when doctors say there's no there's no healing for that sickness I mean, people have had money and in this COVID-19, we have seen the most powerful killed by COVID-19. I mean, as we speak, the president of the U.S. is in hospital. That's the richest nation on the earth. If money could stop him from being infected, is somebody here this Sunday morning? I'm surprised you're still sitting down. So the grace of God, you know, they've been testing the vice president, uh, Mike Pence, and I just sent to myself early this morning, because that one is a true Christian. And, and so, why a thousand may fall at your side, Sister Alice, and, 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 and ten thousand at, at your right hand, Magale Brokezaya? You see, there are things that money cannot do for you. If somebody that there used to be somebody who was the most powerful person closest to the, our, our president in this country? He died with all the money he had, with all the connection he had, I want to say to you, I choose grace. If somebody is somebody here this Sunday morning? Come on, if that is you, come on now. Get up on your feet and say, I choose grace. I say I choose grace. Because grace is able to change your story. Grace is able to put a, a baby in a womb where doctors say you can never be pregnant. A grace is able to cause you to deliver from an accident. Grace is able because you are in that aircraft. The aircraft can have turbulence. But it will land in the name of Jesus. It is grace. Grace can pursue. purchase for you. Favor. How many of you choose grace this Sunday morning? And that's why Paul says. I am what I am by the grace of God. Not by how much is in the account. So I will pursue grace. And we're going to talk about that as the message begins to end so it's important that we put money in its place it's important that please be seated it's important that we put money in its place so so pastor okay so money is at the lowest and the true riches are the mercy of god the grace of god the glory of god the joy of our salvation all of these things that i turn by the way if the only time you're happy is when you have money check your salvation I mean, once we see you, we know when you're broke. And when we see you, Sister Joy, when we see you, we know when, you are, you are, when something has happened, your, 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 your smile is from here to here. May God get you to a place where you're going to be like Paul. Paul says, he says, I know how to abound. I mean, I know when there are 10 billion, I can attend God. But I also know how to be abased. Meaning that in all of those situations, you can't tell. Because my joy is not factored on how much I have. There are things that give me greater joy. That's why when I come to church, when we come to church, sometimes there's nothing in your account, but your dance is even more. Somebody shout hallelujah. You don't even know how you're going to get home after service, but you're rejoicing because you trust in the one. So as a child of God, give money its proper place. Put it in its place listen to me, if money knows, if the enemy knows that that that's the only thing that makes you happy, he will keep fighting that place. But when he knows that whether you have it or not, nothing can take your joy, he will leave you alone. May he not keep touching that button in your life so that you're not a a slave to money. Somebody say, I'm not a slave to money. Somebody say, hallelujah. Okay, so why are we teaching it? Why are we so we teaching it? The first reason why we're teaching it is first because it is the will of God for God to prosper you. It is the will of God, so we must teach the will of God, but we must put it in its place. But it is the will of God. I think we looked at this the first Sunday, Psalm thirty-five, verse twenty-seven. Psalm thirty-five, you can show that media now. Psalm thirty-seven, sorry, Psalm thirty-five, verse twenty-seven. Let's read together. And I want to go. Let them shout for joy and be glad who favor my righteous cause, and let them say. I'm the only one reading now. Let's read together now, and let them say continually. So God is saying to us this Sunday morning, God is excited. God takes pleasure in your prosperity. If you're a servant of God, so it is his will. And we say we see also, I think Exodus 25, 23, or 23, 25, I'm not which one now. And you shall serve the Lord your God. And what? He will bless your bread and your water. It is the will of God. It's the will of God. So we're teaching it because we must teach the whole counsel of God. For those of you who were here last Sunday, we said when God took them from servitude from the house of bondage where they were slaves in Egypt. Slaves don't own anything. You know that? In fact, slaves were owned. So, and one of the things about slaves is that because they were owned, everything they owned belonged to the master. In fact, unfortunately in those days, like like when when in the West, you know, America, when there was slavery, uh, your master, the owner of the slave can sleep with your wife. Because you and your everything, you including your wife and your children. In fact, I'm sure most of you know this. The children of the slaves were named after the slave, after the master. I'm sure you know that. So he has a wife, a slave, but the children that he he his wife, all of them, the man, his slave, I and mean his wife, the children, were named after the yoga. So, so, and that, and God wanted to liberate uh, his, children, his people, 400 years of servitude. And then, like, like, we had, like we had last Sunday, he took them to a place where there was prosperity. So, promised land is not in heaven, it's on earth. You know, many of them already say, okay, they went to heaven. No, they didn't go to heaven because there are no giants in heaven. Are there giants in heaven? No, it was a, but, but he said he dispossessed them to give to his children. He brought them out to take them in. May that be your portion in the name of Jesus. So it's the mind and the will of God. It's the mind and the will of God. Another reason. So the first reason is the will of God for God to prosper. So so if, if you're not experiencing it, it will change in the name of Jesus. Somebody say it will change in the name of Jesus. Come on, say like, like you, like a minute. Remember what we what we read, the first scripture we read? He said you've gone through fire, you've gone through water, and all of that. All everything you've gone through so that God can bring you to a wealthy place. So if